0: Joe, how do you say it in Japanese?
1: Saksha mukashi no kutsu And
0: how do you say it in English?
1: Writers read their early shit.
0: Thanks, man. Welcome back to Writers Read Their Early Shit. Conversations with authors and artists about the lopsided pleasures of their pre developed, over early, unripe work. I'm your host, Jason MD, and my special guest this episode is the fantastically creative Kimberly Orton. Kimberly Bio, smart kid who thought she could control the wind and who baked stolen cheese slices in her easy bake oven with her brother every saturday morning platinum new wave teen wrote poetry ba in theater slash english slash anthropology wrote plays wrote tv wrote docs had baby wrote plays got married wrote screenplays came back to poetry became a midwife got divorced missed writing took a leave for midwifery and got her mfa through ubc which is where i got to meet her sorta Her favorite swear word is fucker, which is a good one, actually.
1: It is a good one.
0: And she finds green paper clips all the time, tends to see hearts and everything, and stood next to Jane Fonda in the front row at a print show on the Purple Rain tour. The fucker. (laughs)
1: That was a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah, that was great.
0: Distinguished listeners, it's Kimberly Orton. Hi, Kimberly
1: hey jason how are you doing
0: i'm doing great how are you
1: good good i don't have my mfa yet but i'm on my way
0: what what do you need to do
1: i have a couple more courses and then i have to write a thesis so
0: yeah okay almost there is it a poetry thesis or what
1: it is i think it's going to be like a a hybrid but poetry yeah, in my head, it's poetry. But, you know, when it comes out, it's kind of hybrid, um, poetic, lyric essay, poetic prose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Poetry.
0: Have you enjoyed your experience at UBC? Uh, I mean, I guess we're both, what what do they call it? Optional residency or whatever?
1: Oh, yeah. Opt res. Uh, Opt Have you enjoyed it? I have, you know, it's fast, man. I feel like I just started. And now I feel like, I mean, I'll, I'll be finished my coursework by, you know, the middle of summer and I'll be finished my thesis this time next year. Um, and it goes so fast. It was really a good way for me to put, um, writing in my way. So, so yes. I mean, in terms of, setting that goal and achieving that goal, that's exactly what I did. And and it's been like really generative for me and the community that I've built has just been wonderful of which you are a part.
0: Well, here I am. Hi. (laughs) What I really want to do is talk about Tom Waits. So I asked you for your top 10.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know how hard that is, man, because my it's another thing we don't have a word for. Your top 10 and then the you know the the mushroom the mushroom cloud of uh second tier maybe.
1: Yeah. Why why don't we have a word for that? It happens enough.
0: But let's do the top ten, okay?
1: Yeah, I did whittle it down. I did have 19. So when I told you I had 10, I really had 19. <laughs> so <laughs> but I did whittle it down, and I do have that cloud, and then I have the, but yeah. also kind of, and then there's this. And if I had to choose a bonus, it would be
0: right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Okay. All right. Before we do top ten best album, what do you think? Our oh, 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 best is maybe the wrong, the wrong word. Your favorite album?
1: Oh, see, that's a different question, isn't it? My favorite yes. album is different than the best album. Can I say two? <laughs> can i okay. say two? so i would say, so i'm gonna say rain dogs mm-hmm. and then i'm also gonna say blood money
0: yeah which
1: is probably surprising
0: it is surprising
1: yeah but but rain dogs
0: oh man okay
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about you
0: um i think my favorite record is small change oh i reckon his Best one might be, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me give you my top 10. And yeah, these are winnowed down to, I'm not trying to impress anybody. These are actually my favorite. If I was, you know, on some weird island and had yes. technology to only play these 10 songs.
1: Yeah, and I had to go there too. So, yes.
0: This is what I would take with me. Hold on from mule variations yeah hoist that rag from oh. real gone A christmas card from a hooker in minneapolis from blue valentine till the money runs out from heart attack and vine Uh train song but the live version fish and bird from alice kentucky avenue from blue valentine and that is let me say here and now, my all time number one favorite Tom Waits song, Temptation, of of Frank's Wild Years, there. Picture in a Frame, also from Mule Variations, uh, Jockey Full of Bourbon from Rain Dogs, and Long Way Home, which he finally released on uh, Orphans, Brawlers, Ballers, and Bastards.
1: Yeah, that's a great song.
0: That's my top 10.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great list. It's different from my list.
0: How many do we cross over on?
1: I I don't think we crossed over any, but you you had Hmm. Picture in a a Frame and Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis are in my my cloud. Right. Yeah. So do you want to hear my 10?
0: Do I ever.
1: Or do you want to hear my 20? (laughs) Yeah, 10. (laughs) Okay, so I can't tell you the albums. They're from... Off the top of my head So okay. I'm gonna So Watch her disappear
0: Watch her disappear
1: Yeah uh, Coney Island Baby mm. You Can Never Hold Back Spring Yeah Tango Till They're Sore
0: <laughs> Yeah Time <laughs> Yes
1: <laughs> Johnsburg, Illinois Okay In the Neighborhood I'm Still Here hmm Tom Travert's Blues Oh, man. Oh, no. And uh, I hope that I don't fall in love with you.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. At least three of those were in my 20. Yeah. Time. Oh, man. Yeah. And Johnsburg, Illinois is one of my favorite tiny pieces of perfection.
1: Isn't it just?
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 do you find as you get older that you want to go deeper into things that you you and Erin talked about this w- when it comes to music, but for books, do you feel like I want to go back and read, reread *The Outsiders*? I want to reread these sort of foundational texts, or do you want to read new stuff all the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? So, my curi- I'm very curious about why why was I drawn to this? I had many books that I feel were transformative, just changed changed my life and I'm really curious about why and what was it that I saw in that like because I can't remember Like, I don't remember the same way that you know I can't remember lines or lyrics or write even titles or albums I really have to work at that kind of memory but I do remember you know feelings and moods and um and, and stuff like that so but I'm also really afraid of um you know, I like the magic of that, and I'm afraid that if I do that, that book will mean less to me in the mm. long run, so that magic will go. Like, somehow I'll burst that, that special thing about why I love that book in the first place. Yeah. So yes and no.
0: Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been stabbed?
1: <laughs> Not, no, but almost. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, yeah. I have a brother, and we used to get into wicked fights. And he he chased me once with a knife, and uh,
0: almost stabbed you. Wanted and to I was stab faster you.
1: Faster than him that day. Yeah, he almost stabbed me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you ever been on a literary pilgrimage? Have you ever gone to the places?
1: I so want to say yes, because that's so appealing to me, but I don't, I know, I don't, I haven't. And right. I like, so when I'm on Toronto Island, I think about Margaret Atwood and writing the robber bride. And and I wonder about that. Or I went to Edinburgh, Edinburgh, and I, I found the little, well, I didn't find it, but uh, we, my daughter and I found the place where, um jk rowling wrote harry potter so which i'm now not extremely thrilled with so mm-hmm. um so but no like intentional liter no but i think that now i want to run that business like i want that to be my side hustle <laughs> like taking people on literary pilgrimages um i have done it online though so Right, like I, I love looking at where people wrote. I love looking at the tables and the desks and what kind mm. of view they had, and and what their set, what their setup was. And yeah. right, like trying to emulate it in my own writing, like oh, I want that table. Maybe I can channel a little bit of this story, or you know, very very um, thrilled by that idea, though, Jason.
0: If you could have one piece of one writer's writing ritual, any writer of any time, oh, what would you what would you want?
1: God, <laughs> <what> I want. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like I want a salon, the way that you know Stein had salons, but mm-hmm. um, I'd take someone's typewriter. Like I'd take. Whose typewriter would I take? Whose typewriter should I take?
0: William Faulkner's.
1: I could take Faulkner's typewriter for sure.
0: What does Toronto sound like for you?
1: Like, it, Toronto sounds like a buzz at all times. There, There's traffic, there is a hum of electricity. But, it, and again, like it sounded much different for me during the lockdown, like during this past year and a half. Toronto sounded like a much different place than it does now, or that it, than it did before. Um, it was quieter, and <laughs> it was eerily quiet, actually. Um, and definitely, you know, you could hear much more nature, less traffic. There wasn't so much of a buzz. Yeah, it was um, echoey. My thoughts echoed differently.
0: Do you like Toronto?
1: That's a big old question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like it. I think I know it well enough that I know of all the delight it holds, like all of the little magical spots Mm. in the city. I know them well. And if I need that spark, I can go to any one of them.
0: Did you ever have a teacher who zeroed in on you and said, you can do this? And you thought, oh, really? Me?
1: Oh, yeah. So... Yes. But again, to my detriment. So my grade 12 (laughs) English teacher, Mr. Roy, Mr. Roy. Roy. So by this time I was writing poetry Uh all the time. And um, and I showed my poems to Mr. Roy and he thought that I had great talent and great um, potential so much so that he let me write poems instead of doing the curriculum. (laughs) So I think I came out of his class really not knowing how to write an essay, but man, (laughs) did I know how to write a poem. (laughs) (laughs) So when I hit university, I was like, I I don't really know. I don't really know how to write an essay. Yeah, I kind of missed that. There's a gap there. Um, and really, I'm going to read you some of the poems. So you'll also find that there's a bit of a gap there. So, so I what can't was wait. it all for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have some early poetry and I have some like a diary entry that spans from, I'd say probably like 84 to 87.
0: Can we start with that? A diary? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. This is so, around
0: the time you were seeing Prince in the front row, right?
1: This was, and strangely, well, I can't find the actual diary. But strangely, I didn't write about it.
0: Hmm. So, or
1: maybe I did, and it's just misplaced. But it was about the same time. Yep. Okay. So.
0: <laughs> can't wait! I can't <laughs> wait.
1: Yeah. Um, I almost want to read something that like is not so horrible first, so that. <laughs> All right. Tuesday, October 9th. Last night, I watched the world premiere movie, The Burning Bed. It was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Tuesday, January 17th. Have you ever had mixed up feelings about a guy? Well, I know you really haven't because you're only a book. But see, I told you I was mixed up. (laughs) Thursday, January 31st. If I had one wish, and that's all I'd need, one wish, I'm going to be selfish here. I'd wish for a new Academy blue Mazda RX-7. I don't have my license yet, and that's pretty important when it comes to driving, (laughs) but I still want a (laughs) Mazda RX-7 anyway. Or maybe I'd get it in red rather than Academy blue. It looks sportier. In almost every movie I've seen, they have some gorgeous blonde driving a little red sports car on her way to pick up her gorgeous boyfriend. February (laughs) (laughs) 1st. Sorry,
0: no, but is that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, this is great.
1: Is it for real? It's, no. (laughs) Monday, February 18th. Today I learned that it's not always easy to work in groups. March 13th. Today I dyed Matthew's hair black. He was getting really mad at times, but when he was leaving, he gave me some really nice compliments. I felt great. He called me beautiful, two in a million, whatever that means. (laughs) Monday, April 29th. Every new dawn brings a new promise. (laughs) In other words, every day is not the same, so expect something new as each day arrives. Like, what did I have to say in other words? (laughs) Monday, April 30th. I was just looking over what I wrote before, and I can't believe I ever liked Matt. Now all I care about is Tommy Howell and acting.
0: Tommy Howell, yeah.
1: Howell. Wednesday, June 12th. I was supposed to get contraceptives, but I chickened out and got nasal spray. September 26th. (laughs) (laughs) Mighty Lemon Drops, Love and Rockets, The Cure, Velvet Underground, The Doors, Susie and the Banshees, The Jesus and Mary Chain, The Cult, The Waterboys, The Chameleons, The Smiths, Joy Division. Saturday, November 7th. Matthew called last night. He wants to sleep with me on Monday from 4 to 4.30. I said no. I phoned him just now to apologize, but he said he had to go.
0: From 4
1: to 4.30? (laughs) Yep. It's
0: all the time he needed.
1: I don't even think he needed that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's given him too much credit, too much time, (laughs) actually. Maybe that's why you said No. Maybe (laughs) I just love He's trying to plan out His orgasms And 30 minutes for one You know That'll do
1: That was key though Right Plan out his orgasms For sure Yes Yeah February 1st I just got off the phone With Karen She called me a crab She said I bitch a lot Madam Crabby I told her to fuck off Fuck off Fuck
0: off And then Yeah do, don't you think that hanging up on people is infinitely more satisfying? Oh than, gosh, than I now? wish we
1: still do it. There should be an app. I would pay for the app. I think I told you that my grandmother used to keep a whistle by the phone for when prank. We should get yeah. a prank phone call. Yeah. And I think that we should keep like a spoon or a brick next to our cell phones so that if someone pisses us off, it's or like a, or an old rotary phone, we could just make the sound of a slam yeah. phone. I think yeah.
0: everybody should have an old rotary phone.
1: Well, we should. So yeah. when
0: they're bored, you know, you can just, yeah, still it's talking the about brains, still, still talking about and But then, yeah, when you hang up, bang, you can slam it down.
1: A few times, because if they were still on the line, it wouldn't go dead yet. You just hammer the fuck out of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go fuming back to your bedroom, put on the Smiths. <laughs> Write some bad poetry for a while. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you, but
1: I couldn't help myself.
0: Yeah. I'm really enjoying your diary. How much?
1: (laughs) That's the beauty of diary entries. Yeah, you can me
0: some more. Yeah.
1: All right. February 3rd. Beckett. A man who probably would have benefited greatly from a hug and some Prozac. I love Beckett. I try to love Beckett. Pause. Beckett. Pause. (laughs) What can I say? Pause. What can anyone say? Pause. If there's anything to say, dot, dot, dot at all. Pause at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sort of interested in this because for me, it was really true. When you were in the early days writing, teenage into 20s, I guess, and you'd read something that, those books that you go, oh my goodness. And then you write like that writer for the next six months. Right. Oh yeah. You know, it's embarrassing to look back on later, but I've always seen that as, you know, you you you're learning how to do that. But when my book came out, a friend of mine said, page whatever, 152, Jason MD discovers Martin Amos. He's totally right.
1: Interesting. Yeah, you could probably do that for my stuff too like Beckett for sure. EE yeah. coming. I did that like Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Who are some of the others?
1: Um that's it's harder to remember. I mean, now I do it. <laughs> now I still do it. Mm. So we there's like there's a poet Wa wow, Wen, and and I not I don't I mean I did write some imitative stuff, but now I I just write and people are like, oh, you're really channeling <laughs> you're really <laughs> channeling Wa Wen there. And and I think sometimes, oh yeah, shit, I am. Mm. And maybe I'm a bit too close to it. Like maybe I'm reading, maybe I'm reading her a little bit too much. Um But is that true?
0: Can you can you read somebody too much, do you think?
1: Well, if I want to stop, you know, stealing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> not that I'm stealing, but I can definitely taste those flavors. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. I've done it with other writers. Like I, I probably went through a Jane Austen period and did the, I Oh, Carol Churchill, man. I did a Carol Churchill. She a playwright. I stole not stole. <laughs> I should stop saying that. Uh, I started writing like Carol Churchill for a long time. Um, and I write with parentheses and I I know I maybe I got them from Carol Churchill, but I really, that's just a feeling. I don't I don't quite remember where I did get them from, but I love them and now they're just part of how and what I write. Mammoth, I remember doing it with Mammoth. Mm-hmm. The overlapping dialogue, the just stark um, diction, the right. stark, yeah. Yeah. Clicking sharpness of, of what they were saying.
0: Yeah, but it's but it's fun, right? That's the whole hope. It's delicious. Of it. yes. Really fun. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. This is a two-part question, I guess. <laughs> what are the couple of the books you've read the most, like reread, read and reread and reread over and over again, and then has like the MFA experience changed your reading of those books or any books. So it's a tripod question, I suppose.
1: Wow. I should have written that down so I could remember. So I'm going to work backwards. I think the MFA has made me a slower reader because I tend to read really quickly. And so the MFA has really taught me how, um, I mean, really how to read and, and and it's always the the benefit of that um is not only being able to 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 take from that from my own writing and just dis- discover why i love something um or to provide to learn how to provide feedback but it's like really to be able to roll that around and like and play with what i've just read like that savoring of of those words and how those words are put together that sentence Mm. from that micro level up to the, up to the entire book. So it's, it's made me like a closer, more thoughtful. Yeah. I want to say mindful, but right. (laughs) um, Reader. The books that I tend to go back to, I don't know if I do tend to go back to books Uh, I've read a lot of Shakespeare. I've read a lot of theater over and over again. I've read, not for a long time, but all of Ibsen's plays, like numerous times. Mm -hmm. Montez's Thresholds. I find myself going back to that all the time and just rereading sections, rereading words, lines, how, how she's put together sounds. I find that that's become my, my well-thumbed through book, but it's new. Like it's a year old to me now. Mm. Um, So it's not something like, it's not Guin and it's not Austin and it's not Brooks. Like it's not, um, it's not what, what I would have thought it would be but I don't tend to go back. Oh, you know, I we, we talked about this not too long ago, and I should reread what my favorites are. I want to reread, like, The White Noise, and I want to reread mm. um, In the Skin of a Lion, and I want to reread, you know, Hundred Years of Solitude. I want to... Those books are close enough to me that I don't mind I, if my bubbles burst over those books. Um, I... Mm but um th- but i i would like to go through my favorites again so those would be my thumb through books
0: when you go to somebody's apartment or house for the first time do you yeah. do you immediately go over and check out their bookshelf for sure and then do yeah. you judge them on the books that they have there <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> i do
1: like out loud <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> Leaving books out to impress people, <laughs> I'm all for it. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. And
1: well, where else do they go? What do you? Oh, you mean like specifically <laughs> pulling a couple?
0: <laughs> like you said, you're for papery stuff and pens. Oh gosh, I've got that same. It's an addiction, right? I can't stop buying notebooks.
1: Yeah. The trouble is, then you have seven notebooks on the go, plus your phone, plus your computer, and it's really hard to keep track. So, where did I put that note? Where did I put that list of those clicky words I love? Where's that list of movies I want? Where's the list of books that changed my life? Like, right, right. Is that list? And Basketball Diaries is one of them. Now that you say that, like, Basketball Diaries was, uh, I think, for me, like, changed the way that I walked through the world and really informed like i always wanted to be like a little bit looser right i felt that i was wound pretty tightly and uh and couldn't say things on paper even like i was afraid of someone looking over my shoulder Mm -hmm. and i think basketball diaries helped me get over that
0: do you do you like short stories i love them do you read yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, I'm reading Alex Oline's short stories right now. We love what we love. We want what we want. We want mm. what we want. They're, yeah, amazing. And Heather O'Neill's short stories, also incredibly beautiful. I I just reread those actually. That's a reread. I reread those for their beauty. I read them the first time to read them and I reread them for their stunning beauty.
0: Do you want to read some more early shit? Sure. How about an early poem? Yeah.
1: It's bad. I'm telling you, they're really bad.
0: Well, that's the whole point. So (laughs) how old is the poem? And also, how bad is it? I'd like to know.
1: It's horrible. Okay. And it's 1986.
0: Okay. So a teenage poem?
1: Yeah, I was 16.
0: All right. What are you thinking about at the time? Like, who is Kimberly Ortnett? 16.
1: Yeah, I was, you know, I fancied myself a poet. I was like starting to explore my, you know, alternative side. Like, I wanted, I, I knew that I wasn't mainstream, but I didn't know how. I didn't know where that would lead me. Like, I'm a seatbelt wearing kind of person. So, I wanted to find out what would happen if I took that seatbelt off for a while. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. And writing a lot.
1: And writing a lot. Yeah. So it's a po- it's a poem that was in um in the diary. Mm-hmm. So it's a poem, and then there's like a little bit of an entry, and you'll understand why. Okay. All right. October 1986. <laughs> <laughs> the time has come. I must choose between black and white, sure about one, unsure about the other, too curious to stay secure, worried, scared, intimidated, longing, determined, a need. I believe this is something I must do, but I shouldn't really go through with it. Society says no, society says yes i say no i say yes should i dye my hair black or should i keep it blonde i know blonde looks okay and there's nothing wrong with it but i've wanted black hair for so long help i've already bought the dye that's the poem.
0: that's the end of the poem wow (laughs) yeah it ends powerfully, actually. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, have, what's have to wrap to yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> But
0: just hearing that, and then thinking about my own, you know, poems from same time, if you can remember, did you think of that as here's where I am, or was it here's how I want people to think where I am? Like, to what extent were you writing the truth? I guess is the the question.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, like, (laughs) that's a a tricky question with this particular poem. Like, um, I think I was writing for performative, like I I wanted to be an actor. Look, and so Hmm. I read everything I wrote out loud. I imagined what it would sound like out loud, uh, in front of an audience, Mm -hmm. um, on, on film, but i would never share like any of this poetry not that one anyway with anybody
0: um, so that's just <laughs> in a secret notebook you know
1: <laughs> yeah okay yeah no 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 but the but but the, like i have more that i i would have per, like i would have shown like that i was actually quite proud of as poems right like that you know there's i'll read a couple of those so there there's a couple of short ones and then there's a long one Okay. It's, oh my God, they're so bad. Okay, so tiny raindrops fell and formed puddles on the ground. Small acidic ones polluted the flowers. Tacky, but true. Red polyester pants are what grandparents call fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tacky, but true. I like that. That's <laughs> tacky, but true. Yeah. Well,
1: this, this poem is called. Oh, God. Listen, I'm eating my words. Listen, I'm eating my. Listen, I'm eating. Listen, I'm. Listen. <laughs> That's some pretty deep stuff.
0: That's very deep. Yeah. It's hard to tease out the meaning, but. <laughs> yeah. I, think I, see I wonder what I was from. doing
1: there. <laughs> wait, wait. If you if you wonder what I was doing there, <laughs> wait for this one. Okay. This one's called Fighting Words. Mm. I might laugh. Kids having kids, dying before dad and mum are gone, before the sun comes up. Desserts. Dessert. St. Dessert. Str. Dess. stra des stress des stress de stress de stressed just desserts no just stressed just rest just stressed just rest just desserts just dessert. just, dessert. just go just go backwards forwards forethought for and don't get bonked by the backspin <laughs>
0: i really like that one Did you? yes <laughs> it, it my whole childhood came back in a proustian rush
1: <laughs> yeah
0: mm, yeah do you have do you have stacks and stacks and files and files of your old writing
1: i do yeah yeah i have like a I think it's, uh, you know, one of the rough totes filled with diaries, like a Rubbermaid rough tote. And then I have probably, you know, a Banker's box filled with poetry. Just I used to write on onion skin, like Mm -hmm. onion skin paper or type. I used to type on onion skin paper. So I have a stack of those somewhere. Pink onion skin paper poems.
0: How do you feel about all that stuff?
1: I, love, I want to find them. I really want to dig them out to, uh, eventually. I just, I don't know where they are. Yeah, I, f- I feel, you know, not attached to them anymore, but but it's interesting The what I thought was writing, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I've got, yeah, somewhere in my dad's basement boxes and boxes of ancient poetry and letters and journals. Yeah. But I'm trying to learn how to feel tender towards that stuff. And I think you have to do that deliberately. I don't think you can sort of go, oh, yeah, it's just old stuff that I wrote a long time ago. That's it. Then you have to sort of work at it and go, yes, I can forgive myself for, for being a bad writer, but also for being a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> well, Writing- this is, Way yeah.
1: right. This yeah. is like when you're digging things out and having to read through, and really trying to curate what you're gonna pick mm-hmm. and and why. And um you know, it does transport you back a little bit. And like some of these diary entries, man, are they sad? And you know, having to wade through those emotions to get to you know the funnier. Mm. Uh, stuff. It was work, but it was, but it, it did bring that tenderness. Like it did bring that. Oh, I, I, really wish. I wish that someone had told me, you know, like whatever, keep writing, or, or you're doing fine, or.
0: <laughs> what What advice would you give to yourself in the past?
1: I would probably like, based on the 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 diaries entries that I found like probably like you're enough like you are so strong mm. and like you know 4 to 4:30 is not good enough right <laughs> right <laughs> just keep that in mind moving through life like that is not that is not okay yeah that would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of uh, like emotional work and, uh, and heartbreak.
0: Does going back through that stuff and then, you know, being a parent, how does that work? I mean, do you see stuff in there where you think, okay, I know what I should say or what I should do or not do or provide or not worry about, you know, because it's these things come and go.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Look, I like one of the, I have it right in front of me. One of my journal entries was the January 8th. My mom told me tonight that I have beautiful teeth that now makes my eyes and my teeth that she likes. Uh, That's devastating. Like I remember feeling that.
0: Eyes and teeth.
1: It's something that I would never want to find in my kid's diary that I, you know, that, she felt she was not enough or that, Mm. you know, she was somehow her parts were parsed out and only likable conditionally, or. I did find a letter that I wrote to her when she was a baby in there too, but yeah. But I know if I read that, I'll cry, so. It's a good name for you, Max.
0: sit down to write, do you find you go, I'm so glad about the sunrise over Toronto this morning. Think I'll write about that. Or do you find yourself (laughs) going? I, I, oh shit. I I think I'll write about how I don't have anything to write about and how painful that is, as you know, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I certainly try to to find a balance between the two, but I I mean, I I think you know, as a, as a woman, and um, I think that when my experience has been that when when I write about happy things, it's thought of as less than, like mm. it's thought of as women's writing. So if I if I sat down and I wrote about the sunset, it'd be like, oh, that's softer. Like somehow that's. You know, that's fe- feminine themes, and it's not going to make it in in the the serious li- literary world. So, uh, so I mean, it's complicated. Do <laughs> I like right? I mean, do you do you see that? Like, do yes, you, yeah.
0: But then, what does that like for boys? Is it fist fights and switchblades?
1: Yeah, I think it is, right? Like, is that the expectation?
0: And then girls get to write about sunsets and... Um,
1: well, girls can't write about that. Like, that's the thing. Like,
0: nobody cares what girls are saying because we're too busy yeah, exactly. fighting. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'll write, you know, I'll take on oh, fucking Blood Meridian or, you know... I'll, yeah. I just want to write... I just want to write what I hook into and feels meaningful for me that is not always like the darker side of of things it's not always the weirder side of things but it's also not always the sunny side of things but i'm trying not to be afraid to write about sunsets and unicorns and right <laughs> yeah like i do have those poems from when i was a teenager mind you they're from when i was a younger teenager have you got one of those? I don't have. No, I have. But I remember. So oh my God, it was the first time I ever stayed up all night, and I wrote a poem. I went down to the lake. We live by the lake, and I wrote this poem all night. And uh, I woke my mom up at like four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was at sunset, like a little five, and. I was so proud. I was so proud of this poem that I'd written and I was in tears. Like I felt so moved and I thought she would understand and she did not. And She was not happy to have been woken up. And my life felt a little bit shattered. Like I, I knew that this would be a solo pursuit from that day Right. that I wouldn't have that, um, like that support or that, the ally, you know, uh, at home who would understand what it was to be a writer and, you know, stay up all night laboring over each word. And that poem was about like the night and the night air and sunsets and sounds. And it was very happy. It was very happy. Mm. Yeah. But it's in that box that I can't find.
0: Which would you prefer, writing something and publishing something that was very honest and very true and it sells 17 copies or writing something that you sort of fudge on it a bit and it's wildly popular, even if only in poetic circles so it sells 10,000 copies or whatever? What would be better for you?
1: Well, what do you mean fudge on?
0: I guess line by line, I think as writers, we know what we're doing. And sometimes we put in a trick and sometimes we'll just put it down straight and you go, that's right. You know, it's yeah. true. And it feels true. Now I can maybe work with the sound of it or whatever, but that's the true line, you know. But other times, you know, you sort. Even now I'm doing this for effect or to look a little smarter than I am or a little more perceptive than I was or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I totally
0: know what you mean. A bunch of those and then it's popular or the real stuff that nobody cares about maybe. I've been working on a book about Shkoku with my dad and it's there's some really really deep down honest family stuff in it and he's nervous about it.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm writing right now. Like I'm writing some pretty hard truths um in I guess it's called memoir but it's more than that like it's more more of a hybrid than memoir um there's music in it or links to music or references or playlists i have a lot of um yeah and and i'm worried like i i have to i have to write it thinking i'm never gonna publish it or else i'll stop writing it worried about who's gonna read it right But I enjoy writing that on so many levels, right? I find it very cap-filling and very like craft building as well. And yeah, I, for sure, I would rather write something that I love writing and enjoy spending my time with and find is a little bit of a puzzle for me to figure out as I go. And sell 17 copies, you said? <laughs> I 17 more copies than I've sold yet. So,
0: right. Yeah. And then
1: fudge it. Like, why would I Why write them?
0: Hmm.
1: Right. Like, I, I can, yeah. I mean, if I want to write stuff like that, I don't even want to say, like, if I wanted to write a formulaic genre novel, um, that's one thing. Like, I can do that too and mm-hmm. sell that. But, that's not why I'm writing. That's not what I want to write. Yeah. Morning pages I have trouble letting go of. That's funny that you can just let them go cuz I do find like seeds of really great stuff and I and I haven't gone back to them. It's funny I have books of them but but I always but I want to. <laughs> I read them sometimes. I think, oh, did I write that? That's true. Like I should, I should make something of that. But mm. I can't let them go.
0: I have to think nobody will ever see this. I mean, it's a
1: yeah.
0: It's narcissistic, I guess, but it's also that's freeing because I know nobody will see it. So then I can go. But then it's useful because I then I can see what I'm obsessed about.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny this ever-present thing over our shoulders like what the the worry we have about what might happen to our <laughs> to our words like will someone see how can i possibly write what i want to write with yeah. this with this looming threat. It, like will we publish your postcards? Is that
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be your next book postcards from jason exactly. Andy, and it will sell 17 copies you know. <laughs> 17
1: more than i have <laughs> Yeah, I just, I was free. I was a free little kid. I used to sit on the fence out in the yard and just sing at the top of my lungs. Like, I did not care <laughs> who heard me, who joined me. I was off in another world most of the time.
0: How much of that do you still have now, do you think?
1: I, yeah, yeah I have such longing for that that freedom I I don't have a lot of that I'm learning to have that again I think right um but I lament it like I lament the loss of that yeah
0: Mm. that total freedom and that total who gives a shit
1: yeah yeah because really I give a shit now I wear my seatbelt again like I it's pretty straight and narrow like I am the responsible one and uh it's interesting to explore in writing right like what that does and how that freezes you up sometimes like the you have to find that little kid sitting on the fence uh, mm. again to be able to write freely and just let it go and really like say fuck and write the unwriteable and right you know and not for shock value but
0: for for honesty for mm. No, just to get back to that kid singing on the fence, right? Yeah. That's it. It's not kids not singing to shock people yeah. or to, or to scare people. It's out of an overburst of joy, right? And yeah. energy. Yeah. When you come over, please don't judge me on my books because it's not my fault. They're all in <laughs> they're all inverted.
1: Yeah. Well, you all
0: judge. But I'll be on my very best behavior and you will go, "Wow." It's not at all what I expected. Kimberly, thank you so much
1: Jason, you're such a pleasure
0: Many, many thanks to Kimberly Orton What a treat to talk to her and to know her And look for her on the bestseller list of the future She's going to go all the way someday thank you also to joe md for help with the intro wayne md for the artwork and dj max in tokyo for the always fab music if you'd like to support the show there are a couple ways to do so Uh, one is by buying me a virtual coffee and the other is by launching a buzzsprout podcast of your own links in the show notes back in two weeks with some more action-packed early shit see you then